this is the single serving show. Uh, today's episode is fully about uh, how to's. Uh, the Yay. three of us are each going to take a uh, segment and uh, take about now. Uh, let me do the math real quick. We are now each going to take five and a half minutes to teach you how to do something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. I'm I'm taking the time I take, son. Bitch, get off the stage. <laughs> I'm gonna run this light, nigga. Like, <laughs> oh, turn off your microphone. Do you know how complicated making a candle is, dog? But, but, <laughs> yeah, we be, we might have to cut out some of that that top shit. But I, but, I got how much time I got. <laughs> you nigga, this go is not my, open mic. Respect the time, <laughs> nigga. I don't respect times and open mics. That's the point. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get started. Um, here's the intro for this week. The single serving show. I was about to say, I, I feel like this is coming to an end pretty soon. I expected so, that, like, for you to, like, some some lyrics to come. Or, yeah, like, I thought you were going to rap over I it. I that you, know what? you know what? I was going to. I was. But then I was like, you know what? Every intro song isn't always, you know, rapping or anything like that. Sometimes it's just background music. And so that time I literally created that beat using Free mouth. Uh, shut the fuck up. Mouth <laughs> snapping fingers. Uh, Wait, why is Fruity Loops an insult? Because when I was young and everybody wanted to be a rapper, Fruity Loops was it. It was either that or else the Xbox or music her creator. Fruity Loops are acid. I know a bunch of people who are like uh, using acid. Now, that Xbox music say. mixer used to be the shit, bro. That Xbox music mixer was the joint. I used I used to produce Ooh. my um, my voicemail songs through that. Oh my gosh! But the <laughs> snapping of fingers, voice, the shaking of a pencil uh, holder, and a comb against the back of the pencil holder, and then a bag of quarters. You know, yeah, I was, we know we I, can hear I, all of it. I, I know, good. I'm proud of it. <laughs> I, I listened to a, a a podcast. It's about sound. It's about sound. Different. Wait, is that what this podcast is going to be about? No, now? no, no. But this, uh, I just want to tell you how I did it. Oh, oh, okay. I get it. I get it. Yeah. Wait, is that your whole segment? No, fuck you, Jay <laughs> Star. Go ahead and tell us how to make a candle. No, wait. I was going to say that um that they were talking about the guys who made the iconic um like sounds, like the guy who made the Xbox startup sound and stuff. Like oh, okay. That. Do you know that the um that the Netflix Tadone or whatever like that the the base the 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 base part about it, the percussive part of it is just his ring hitting up against the like a desk or something like that it's just something just weird and then he added that the the extra like bell ish type noises 
It's, it's Z- like super. That's, that's, so, okay, that's but dope, what if, but what if even like, more than that, I think candle. about. <laughs> like, what if no, he was that's a dope, but how even more, that? I think about how much money he probably made from making that one iconic sound. Um, like zero dollars. none. Okay, yeah. Scar, go ahead and do your candle. <laughs> Tell us how to make a candle, Scar. Okay, so how to make a candle. Um, well, to, the quick and, and, and easy part of it, uh, first of all, it requires a pretty decent amount of math because oh. uh, okay. and, and mostly all of, all of the math is by weight instead of measuring it by the liquid measurements. So it's it's in like weight ounces instead of fluid ounces or grams, however you want to do it. So you need you need a few things. Uh, and of course, to make a candle, you need wax. You need your wick, whatever kind of wick you want. Uh, cotton. John. Or, huh. John. No. Nigga, please. Um, God, we should bring the horn back. Can we? Can we just bring yes. it back just for that? Yes. Uh, you need your wick, uh, something to adhere to your wick. And um, the 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 vessel, they call them vessels. They don't say jar because it could be any different type. It could be a jar. It could be a concrete. It could be ceramic. It could be a tin. Hole um, in the ground. It could be a hole in the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and then in some cases it could be nothing. Wait, I'm not letting that killer. go, Jay. Thanks for showing up. We're all a little bit older now. <laughs> go go, Scar. Okay. So. The first, the first thing you need to do is uh, understand your wax. Uh, your wax has different temperatures, how you're supposed to heat it up to a certain temperature before you add your fragrance oil. I forgot fragrance oil when I was talking about that stuff uh, because you want to make a scented candle. Um, so you got to understand your percentages and understand what percentage you're going to use. So once you understand that you have to figure out how much wax that actually that candle can actually fit most of my candles are nine ounce jars so it holds about seven ounces of wax and with you know everything wax in in fragrance oil and everything else so then you have to take that amount and you have to separate it by how much wax it is and then how much the percentage of fragrance oil you're going to actually use. The majority of mines is about eight, uh, 8%. So then you have to weigh out the, you have to weigh out the wax on a scale. Go ahead. Why 8%? Is it like you just try it percentages and that what's, that's no, what smell you, best? More, most, um, it depends on what kind of wax you have. Um, if you have more natural waxes like soy, um, you can, you, they, a lot of them go up to like 10 and 12. Um, my the wax that I use is a uh, parasoy, where it's mostly paraffin and it has it has about thirty percent soy. Uh, mm-hmm. Paraffin you can use a lot less fragrance for more uh, the smell, which we call hot throw. The, the cold throw is how it smells before it's lit. Hot throw is how it smells when it's lit. Um, so so eight percent kind of works better with the parasoy that I use. A lot. Some people use different stuff, but eight works pretty well for me. Um, so then you have to uh, weigh, of course, measure your your wax inside of a container. Usually, a pouring pitcher um, is just like a metal pouring pitcher. I, I don't know how else to explain it. Uh, it looks like a pitcher, um, and and then um, and then you have to heat it up. 
Now, how high you heat it up to to a certain temperature, because it has to be a certain temperature, because in order for the in order for the fragrance oil to bind to the wax, you have to heat it up to a certain temperature so that the molecules expand enough that when you add the fragrance oil and it cools down, it contracts and combines with the fragrance oil. If you add too much, your your candle can sweat and that will cause a fire because the fragrance oil is more way more flammable than the wax, of course. Because wax isn't necessarily flammable, it just kind of, you know, it melts and then it feeds a flame. Um, so you heat it up. You most people you start off using a double boiler where you just put like a big pot or something like that, put about an inch or two of water in there. Um, and it is kind of like the same way that you do when you melt chocolate. Because you don't want it on the, yeah. you don't want it on direct heat, and then once you do that, uh, you 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 set up your double boiler, and you need a thermometer to make sure that you're reaching the right temperature. Uh, once you hit that temperature, you can take it off the heat and combine and and then combine your um, your your fragrance oil, and possibly if you want to, you add color before you add the fragrance oil. That color is optional. Some people don't dig color because they said it, it makes it seem less natural. Those are mostly people who use uh, soy and coconut waxes, things oh, like okay. that. Um, and then, um, and then basically, once you add your fragrance oil, you you stir for about two minutes. And then, um, of course, in in while that's while your wax is heating up, you probably want to adhere your wick to the bottom of your vessel, whatever you're using. Mostly, I use jars. Um, and I use um, a lot of times I use wick stickers, which these are stickers that are high heat stickers that are designed to hold a wick in place. Um, then from there, it's just about uh, pouring it into uh, pouring it into the jar um, and using something to hold your wick in place while it cools. Now there's a couple of things that happens after it cools. Um, if it cools too fast, you could end up with like sinkholes, which are like really like look like holes uh, in 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 your wax, and you usually got to use a heat gun to kind of even everything out. Um, or and then and then you can also get what's called uh, wet spots where the 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 wax doesn't ad completely adhere to the jar, so it looks like it's is is like wet like it like looks like got water or something in it from the outside it doesn't actually affect the candle itself but it does um it you know some people don't really like it but like if you look at yankee candle and all of these other famous people of uh, famous places um a lot of them have wet spots and all kinds of other stuff um and then it's it is, it's about letting it cure um, because they, depending on what kind of wax you use, and it has a cure time. Um, the parasoy that I use, I usually wait three days before I actually light the candle. Um, a lot of times, I'm more impatient than that, depending on if it's just a tester or not. Um, and then you, and then you just go through the process of making sure that is that is properly labeled. Um, you have to have specific things on your label if you're going to sell it. Um, it has to have a it has to have a safety sticker which is, uh, you know, and the safety sticker has to say certain things. Like it's a lot of, it's like a lot of regulations and all that kind of stuff. Like you have to have like your, like how, how much everything weighs 
on your label. Um, sometimes they say you got to have it in grams also. It's weird. It's like a lot of stuff. Like, And you have to be very spe specific about it. You have to make sure that you test if you're going to sell it to someone because if, if your candle catches fire, they can sue you. And if you haven't tested, it, you're, that's, you just lost. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's like all kinds of like weird things about how to make a candle. But I think those are the basics. And that's just the that's just a quick and dirty version of how to make a candle. <laughs> like there's so much there's so much more to it that I learned once I actually started making candles. And um and it's it's one thing about it is for me is it, it's soothing. Um in the you know, the process of creating it kind of worked for me. And I thought like, I, I didn't think that I would find something outside of the, the, the fluid painting that I was doing that I, that I thought would fill that need, that creativity need in me. But like, you got, you got chemistry, you got some math, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you got a lot of this and you, and you got your creativity of how you, you can mix fragrances in order to make your own. Like there's a, there's a lot to it um and but that's just a quick and dirty version yeah. well i'm so glad you got a quick and dirty version but you still have another what seven minutes left six minutes oh. and 30 seconds so um tell us more how do you like how do you choose which which scents you use like you have an actual candle company how do you go about choosing like step by step how you go about choosing yours like do you uh dip a like a, a tab into it and you smell the flavor so then you know if it's something you want or where do okay. you go to find those scents at like how do you do that um most of the stuff is ordered online um be and because like you can't really smell it even if you're in the <clears throat> store you can't just open a bottle because most of it is inside of packages so you can't really smell it. So you go online and you go to whatever candle supplier website, you should probably go to a candle supplier website instead of going to like Michael's or, or Hobby Lobby or any place like that, because everything is so much more there and you get so much less of it. Um, you basically just look for the notes. Um, like this, you know, what does this thing smell like? And you're looking for like the top, middle and bottom notes, which is basically the thing you smell first, this, this thing you smell later and the thing that kind of fits in the middle uh, when it comes to when you first smell it. Um, but when you first start, you really want to start in basically four categories. You want, you want, um, you want a flowery scent. You want a clean scent. You want a bakery and you probably want a spice okay. and then then you can branch out and do other things like like a masculine masculine scent i have i have a few of those now and i got some that smell great i like i even i even took i made my own um body butter with one of them because i like to smell so much um but are you selling I that no, because I, I didn't quite get it right. It was my first time. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, didn't, I didn't quite get it right. But now I have like, I have a lot of this body butter that's not quite right. So I just kind of use it in my beard. I kind of made it, made sure that I made uh, the, the with some things that would, that would help my beard out also. So, uh, so I just use it for my beard right now. Um, but yeah, but that's pretty much how you do. I, and a lot of times there will be, you know, I belong, I belong to like four candle groups on Facebook and a lot of them talk about what their best sellers are and all of that kind of stuff. So you can kind of pick and choose from there also. 
uh, about like what you think may work for you. And you'll be surprised about how something may work very well in Virginia and doesn't work in California at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's, there's, there's stuff like that. And then, and then like, you also have to think about the people that you actually market to, like, you know, my, the people that I sell a lot of, lot, a lot of candles and wax melts to, they, you know, some of them niggas. So they love, they love the stuff with names. Like, you know, they want, <clears throat> even though I can't call it that they want like a love spell. Um, I have like um, some Michelle Obama's, perfume fragrance oil uh mm. you know like stuff like that that i made candles out of like i have those type of things because like i deal with niggas and they want those names they don't necessarily want um you know like a sea salt and orchid which is a bestseller for everyone except me <laughs> you know what i mean like <laughs> <laughs> but like when i when i got that michelle obama it was like let me get that michelle obama dog um <clears throat> And then, but then, and then, like a lot of the stuff, like which when you get stuff that actually has a name, like you got to change the name. Like I just, I just made some candles that smell like Fruit Loops, but I can't call it Fruit Loops, so I have to call it something that makes you think, oh, that's what it. That, I think that's what it might be. Fruity holes. Uh, I, I just call them Loopy Loops. Oh God, you can't call it Fruity holes. <laughs> no, <okay>. you can't. <laughs> fruity holes. <laughs> I, I think you and you f r o o t i e holes fruity hole. I think a lot of people a, a lot of people call their Saturday morning cartoons. I didn't want one. I didn't want to name that long, so I just call them Loopy Loops. Like you, you just gonna have to you just have to trust me. They smell like Fruit Loops. Like, you know what I mean? Like that type of thing. And there's a lot of like stuff like that when it comes to naming stuff. Like you got to make sure that you don't step on nobody's shit. And like, even when you put it on your website, you have to put like the Michelle Obama, I just call it Michelle, but I have to say that is a Michelle Obama type. <laughs> like I have to be very specific that this is, this is not the real thing. This is something that smells like the real thing, but it's not the real thing. And I'm not using your shit, <laughs> you know, like that type of thing. Um, that happens a lot. And I've, I've seen people, people get hit, um, for like making stuff with like logos and stuff on them. Um, there's this one lady that made a whole bunch of different NFL teams with different fragrances and colors and all that kind of stuff. And she got hit hard. Uh, when, yeah, they when, don't play that shit. I'm no, gonna say. But it, when you're small, they don't really come after you. But once you start, what, like it's like those people that are on Etsy, once you start moving up on that Etsy, because they, somebody gonna come see you. Um, and there's there's just there's just a, a a lot to it. And like I say, I learned. It took me it took me uh, months to really nail down candles because it's a a lot of like trial and error. Uh, like you may you may have a, a a bomb set up and you think everything is good, and then your wick don't work. Like you 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 know it's, man, it's a, I know a, that feeling, <laughs> bruh. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, like your wick might be too small, um, and you end up with a sinkhole, uh, like never had that happen to me. My wick when, is always just way too big. Just too much wick. You just wait. It's too <laughs> just much wick. you wait. Just you wait. Is there anything you want to say in the last 13 seconds? No, I just, uh, there's a lot involved. Uh, that was a quick and easy version, but if you want a longer version, 
holla at uh, my Facebook page. I'm not my face. Yeah, my Facebook page and my YouTube page, uh, PTCAC. But the YouTube, uh, I think it's just Beast of Colors, Arts and Graves. I think it's been a while since I did a YouTube video because I just moved. So. Okay. And so, Jay, do you have any questions? And I think most of the questions that I would have would actually, I could probably answer by going to go watch a couple of videos. I was going to ask like, oh, what do you use to like stir it? But I can just watch a video of him doing it and then I'll have that answer. For I, sure. used a, so, I used a wooden skewer originally, like just a regular old bamboo skewer. Yeah. Um, But apparently some people say that those uh, create uh, air bubbles when you after you pour so you end up with more sinkholes so now i just use those you know like you go to the to dollar tree those like white uh plastic like long like stirring spoons yeah yeah i just i just use use i just use one of those and you use a lot of paper towels when you deal with these things a lot of paper towels. I steal my paper towels from work. I'm pretty sure no one from work gives a shit about this podcast. But you're gonna still, stop saying they don't well, give a shit about our podcast, man. Well, you, you better I, hope they never do. Right? I, work, I work around a whole bunch of white people. They're they're Trump and Confederate supporters. They're not coming to here. Ooh, God no. <laughs> we were too black for that. Uh, thank thankfully, thankfully. But yeah, no, that's that's dope. I feel like I learned a lot about candle making that I I would not have thought of. And, I'm, and that, I'm, 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 I am intrigued. And that's just how to make a container candle. Like we talk about pillars, no molds, no nothing. Like yeah, I, was, I, I just assumed I was just gonna make one in a jar and then break it. Right. <laughs> I was like, ah, look at my candle, and I just break a jar every time. <laughs> I'm like, do you want to make a snowman sort of shit? Like I thought that I oh, had man, this like all. intricate candles. Right. Um. All right. So. Jay, you ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, 15 minutes. Go. Okay, so I'm going to tell you how to uh, create and record your own stand-up special. Um, For some context and background, these a lot of what I'm going to talk about are processes and things that I did. I guess processes because I have a vocal mic in front of me. These are processes and and steps that I took uh, to build and tape my own – well, record because no one tapes anything. Tape doesn't exist anymore. But build and record my own special to release on Spotify. Uh, what happened was the pandemic. I came back from Hawaii on fire, and then uh, the world had a fever and people died and everything got shut down. So yeah, um, but I can tell you like the steps that you have to take to be able to go from like if you're on your couch watching uh, like a dude do like a hour long special on Comedy Central. Well, really like a 45, 30 minutes to 45 because Comedy Central doesn't do hours anymore. Uh, I can tell you how to get to be that person. Um, so there are five things you need to be able to have a special. Um, you are going to need an audience. Uh, you're going to need content. You're going to need a venue. Uh, you need promotion. And then you'll need a way to distribute uh, the, per, the actual uh, session itself. And I guess maybe six things because you also need a way to record the special. Um, I'm going to start with content. So I have a 45-minute set uh it was that i have been building for about a year um everybody's writing style is different uh but for me i think the thing that comedians especially when they start off don't realize is that anytime your name is on a flyer you should be doing jokes that you are most confident in so anytime like you know open mics 
or for getting up and being like, well, I wrote this yesterday. Let's see if it works. You're supposed to fail at those. That's what they're for. It's just three minutes of you just trying shit. But when you're like a build headliner or uh, even just a feature comedian, you should have jokes that you have tested. So for me to build this special, I took jokes that I had written uh, that kind of lined up into a little bit of a narrative and built a bit of a message of what I wanted to say. I wrote a couple of new jokes uh, to kind of help build that same narrative and, and build that same kind of like story. And then I took a lot of the new jokes and pieces and I just worked pieces of those new jokes uh, at every open mic I could go to. So for, I want to say for like a year, I was doing about five to seven open mics a week. So it was just me going and testing jokes, trying it with new audiences, playing with wording, just building that. And then uh, after I did that, I started using the jokes in book shows uh, where I was like featuring in like five to 10 minute sets. And then while I was doing that, I started playing with like which jokes work best together and where. So there are some parts of this, the full actual, you know, 45 minute set that are specifically pieces that are meant to come after one another, because I found out that if I tell this joke here and then tell this joke there, and then tell this joke here later, it's a better effect. And I found that out in just chunks because basically people rarely give you like 30 minutes to 45 minutes on stage, especially if you're not like, you know, someone that they can, they, they know without having to like look you up on Google. So that's how I built out those. And then eventually I actually did have uh, headliner sets uh, in a couple of places where I used the headliner sets to actually test to see if that 30 minutes that I, I've been working on worked. So again, these are all jokes that I tested in open mics. I know they're funny, but then I used the headliner sets, uh, I guess the feature sets to kind of figure out the placement of like, oh, these jokes work well together. These jokes work well together. And then I had uh, other headliner sets where I was like, all right, so I'm doing this 30 minutes tonight. I know if I do these two feature sets and then, you know, dick around for 10 minutes, I'll have 30 minutes. Uh, well, not dick around, but, you know, I, I have another 10 minutes that I've done. So I just kind of combined some stuff. And then I did uh, maybe about three headliners. Uh, and so after I did all that, I felt like I was good with all the stuff there. Uh, and so then the next place that I moved into was trying to find like uh, a venue. So for the venue, um, you need to find a place ideally that you have worked with before. Um, people that like <clears throat> have seen you perform and actually believe in you is the best thing for you to do. Uh, there's a lot of things that you're gonna need from the venue uh, that are a little bit outside of what like just a normal headliner would need if they were coming in. Uh, a lot of it is just access to um, their sound system. You're gonna be putting mics up to kind of catch a crowd. You're gonna be running a recording, you know, as this is happening. And, and you know, honestly, I mean, uh, if they sell tickets to your show, uh, you then also have to like do releases because uh, even if you're just doing an audio capture, you're capturing a lot of the audience. If there's any interactions, people who are coming in are gonna have to uh, <clears throat> either be recorded, all agreeing to, you know, have their laughter as an audience released uh, and used in your special. Uh, so that there's a whole mess of legal stuff that comes with that. Uh, so you're, because you need all of that kind of work done by the venue, 
relatively for free because you're not going to pay them for you. They're just going to take ticket sales, most likely, uh, or at least a cut of ticket sales. So you kind of have to be able to negotiate with them so they're willing to do that a little bit of extra work. Um, the thing that worked best for me is I actually just kind of was working with more uh, production company that already had access to a venue. And so the production company, uh, you know, their whole thing, the venue just had them hired in to sell tickets. They split cuts. And so like they just were willing to work with me to do that because they felt that I would, you know, I would be able to bring in enough people to, to pull this off. Uh, oof. Okay. I'm going to take a second. Okay. So thus you have a venue. Uh, let's talk about, uh, away from the mic. Let's take a breath. To... Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Got so eight once minutes you take left, bro, venue. slow down. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know. I know. I'm just, I'm just, this is a normal talking speed for me. What I'm saying is like, okay, so once you have a venue, the next thing that you, you really need to do is uh, you really need to kind of set up for recording. Um, so you need to have a mic on the audience. Ideally you have two mics. Uh, the way that you're going to probably be at least the best way to capture your recording is with a, a line recorder. So I actually have one of them. Uh, I have a task M for a line recorder. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. The best way to do this is to have a sound engineer come in and do all this shit for you. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. The best way is be like, yo, uh, sound engineer, here's money. Come in and take care of this. But uh, if you don't have money or you don't want to sink the money into it, uh, you, you're still going to spend some money because you have to buy mics and wiring and a recorder. Uh, but trust me, it's, it's still cheaper than a sound engineer. So uh, here's what you need. Um, you're going to have to have at least two compressor mics uh, per like a hundred square feet in the venue. And the idea uh, being that you, you got to capture like audience noise, uh, especially if uh, you are the type of comedian who does like a lot of like audience interaction, like you, you do like a lot of actual like crowd work, then you definitely want to have uh, as many condenser mics as you can uh, kind of up in around the speaker and then also away from the speaker so that you capture actual audience. Uh, and so basically what you're going to end up having is probably about eight, mics running in from just the audience alone into your recorder uh in my situation i was working with a much smaller venue so i actually was only planning to have like uh two mics running into my recorder or really truly one mic running into my recorder uh that's additional and then my recorder has two uh condenser mics on it that i was just going to aim at the audience because again small venue and then uh the second thing I, that you also have to have is uh, basically a line running into your recorder uh, that is just your voice. So that would just be your mic running from uh, whatever sound system the venue is using. And that's, again, why you have to have a great relationship with your venue. So once you have that set up, you're going to need to do a couple of test runs. Again, you need to have a great relationship with that venue. Uh, they probably have other shows that are happening. Uh, your best bet would just be like, uh, you know, talk to one of the comedians that's coming in and be like, hey, I'm doing a test run with this recording equipment. Uh, if you would love to have like a, a recording of your, your set, that's, what's going to come out of this. I can send you a recording. Do you mind if I just record your set just to make, get my test run? Most comedians, even like at an open mic, for example, just being able to hear like, you know, the reactions and like crowd and also your set at the same time, most people would kill for that. It's, it's, you know, it's a, a relatively expensive thing to get normally. And, uh, I've actually oddly enough been paid in recording from of my set i mean like they were like oh here's money and also a recording and it was a lower price than the thing normally i normally would take but also i was like but i get a recording yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so that's nice uh so once you get the test down let's talk about how to get your audience uh so here's the thing um at this point 
you should have been performing enough in the city that you uh, are going to do this in to be known. And I think oh, that's man. kind of the catch. <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's real hard. And like, at least, or, or at least in a neighborhood, like, uh, let's say this. Um, I felt comfortable with this, but I, I don't feel comfortable saying it on a, a podcast. I hate that, but anyway, I'm going to say it. I felt comfortable in this at the time because I was like at, at a point where there were specific spots that I frequented a lot that if I walked in, uh, everyone in the place was like, oh, yo, that's Jay. And I, I that was something that was happening to me a lot more in multiple places. So I don't know. I'm not saying like the hottest thing in, in Seattle. I'm just saying like, there are places that I, I I did a lot of shows at where people knew who I was, and when they would see me come in, they'd be like, "Oh, are you you performing tonight?" And so they get excited for that. And it's not people who know me <laughs> or friends; it's just people who have seen me perform. So that happened enough to where I felt like I had enough heat for that. Also, uh, another bonus in picking your venue and, and really trying to get someone that, with a good relationship. Venues typically, especially like comedy clubs and places that have regular comedy shows, have an audience that is already built to come in for a show. And a lot of times it's just, this is what they do on Fridays. It's in the neighborhood. We walk down, we watch a show, or this is how we start. Like before we get wasted, we go to a show and then we, we go out and spend the rest. So they're just used to having that, that as a, a regular activity. And because they have regular crowds that come, your ideal would be a venue that has a regular Friday, Saturday show. And then uh, crowds are just accustomed to coming for that show. Um, That's your ideal. And, and the best is you walk in and you say like, I'm here. And everyone's like, yay. Like in cheers. Uh, that's hard to get to though. Um, let's talk about promotion. So the promotional part of this is that, uh, let's say that you, you are trying to drive people into the show. You need an audience. Uh, most of promotion is going to be, uh, how's, uh, how can I put it? Promotion is going to suck. That's how I'm going to put it. Uh, it's not going to be fun. You're not going to enjoy it. Um, here's the best ways that I found to promote shows. Uh, if you can get um, any type of radio spot, believe it or not, those actually still work. Uh, though they're really difficult to get and you kind of have to know people. Uh, flyers don't really work, but I've done that. And uh, sometimes, like if you do like a flyer account, people will come in from that, though, that, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, the biggest way, at least here in Seattle for promotion has been uh, there are two specific like uh, nightlife style magazines or I guess they're not nightlife style magazines there's two specific magazines that have nightlife sections that people really pay attention to and one in particular is the stranger and that is the magazine that really kind of speaks to the audience that I tend to work well with um and a little bit more on that uh later but ultimately that was the easiest way to promote uh most of my shows was through that uh it did cost but it did get me people to show up and again uh this is where having like a really tight, uh, a really tight venue and like maybe one that has a production company that's kind of running shows for it comes in handy because uh, they will help you promote the show. Um, but yeah, it's it's all kind of guerrilla tactics. There's no right answer where like you, you do one thing and then like 400 people are there and you're like, oh my God, it's not like, there's just not a way that's going to happen, unfortunately. No question um, about, about that part. Oh, what's up? Um, because you had questions for me. Um, you answered most of my questions so far. Um, but um, so does your social media presence not drive any of this at all? 
so my mo- and I think some of this is is my fault. So my most uh, active and you know diligent social media presence is my Twitter account. My Facebook is just basically other comedians that I, I honestly just use to get get booked for shows. Uh, and then my Instagram just doesn't pop. I don't know. Maybe I'm not hot enough. <laughs> so I, I don't drive anything, any traffic with those, though I do still use them. I tell people about my shows and I post them on Instagram. I have a, a actual page with like all of my shows on it, but it, it doesn't drive as like you would think it would. And again, I think, feel like some of that is uh, if, if I were and not hotter as a like, like physically hotter, but like hotter as a comedian, like there's a, it's a level of fame that you achieve where like after a while, th- those things start very much kicking in for you but i feel like you almost have to be in the game for like 10 years to to get to that point and i mean it's a consistent it's more i guess it's more a game about consistency than it is about like actually like again there's no one thing that is going to just poof and put 400 people in your seats it's okay. just not going to happen which is another thing i'll tell you i wouldn't try to fill a 400 seat theater for this first one my plan was like a very healthy 40 it's like i was like i just need just healthy 40 people uh who are really into my shit and like i mean because here's the thing i've been i have i've done shows with like and the ideal actually for me probably would be 100 100 people and i've done shows uh, with 100 people but i'm not big enough to and and i've done shows here with 100 people but i wasn't a headliner and I, i know headliners who are big enough to bring that many people and if i really was feeling like dope i guess i i try to like have them headline and then i record like 15 minutes and just do two nights and then combine those two and pretend like it was a, a special but i feel that like was, i could pull 40 that was my yeah. other that was my other question about uh do you do multiple shows in an edit i wasn't planning to but a lot of times when you headline especially for like when you're like the headliner for the weekend you get like two shows and so then you, you would be able to do that uh, i'm getting told to wrap up um <laughs> Let me hit that last point just so I can be consistent. Yeah, go for it. Uh, the last thing is distribution. Really, t- relatively simple. Uh, there's a lot of free ways you can distribute things. Um, there's a way you can do it to make money. Spotify doesn't pay much, but they will let you distribute. I have a friend who did that. His name's uh, Terry Jones. He's now a music a music artist, but he also uh, dropped like a legit special. Shout out to him because uh, Terry is how I learned how to do a lot of this. And then uh, a lot of people, um, you know, you could drop the SoundCloud, but essentially uh, any way that you would drop like a mixtape, that's how you want to drop that special. Uh, and and that was, I was planning to go with Spotify, truly, uh, just because then I could be like, look for me on Spotify, nigga. And I don't know. Then I could say I had a special. Uh, and that's it. If you want to know how to get a special on Netflix, don't ask me because I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that one out myself. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Aren't we all? Uh, I, mean, I, I I I have a mixtape out. Of course you do. <laughs> I've heard it. It's very good. <laughs> it's fire, bro. Mine is on Dat Piff. Ah, <laughs> uh, Dat Piff. Uh, Dat Piff. I was just about to say, oh my god, Dat Piff. Ooh. Man, those were the days. Man, that was literally if if. If uh, Napster was the Wild West of downloading music, that pimp was the Wild West of fucking mixtapes. <laughs> it, oh. it was just, it, honestly, I will say this. There are mixtapes I downloaded off that piff that I have that, like, I can't even find. Anymore. 
like not just not just the mixtapes just i can't even find just a song from like it's just all that shit is just gone to the ether and i'm like where did it come from it's not even on dat piff anymore it's like what, it where, what is this it's like a magic staircase from harry potter it just appeared for a day and then just disappeared and then, it's like what is this like and it's it's because some is that me or is that froze. him? That was him. Okay, just make it sure. Because he said, I think it's yeah, me. He said, it's he me. Said he froze. Yeah. So um, before I go into mine, I just want to say that yeah, uh, I had Joe Budden's mood music mixtapes from Dat Piff. And I can't listen to the normal version anymore because I need that fucking DJ on top talking in the background. I can't listen uh, to the nigga without. And you know why he's on point? Because his name's on point, pussy. Is this what you want? <laughs> this is this what you want? I can't, I can't listen to it without that. Um. Okay, Jay, thank you so much. If they want to find you again, well, we'll talk about that at the end. We have it in the show notes and everything. Um, yeah. JayJonesComedy.com. So, 15 minutes on the clock for me. I'm going to teach y'all niggas how to make macaroni and cheese. (laughs) Really? Yes. Because some of y'all bitches need to be trained. Okay? And when I say bitches, I'm not referring to ladies. I'm not referring to gentlemen. I'm just calling y'all motherfuckers who can't cook some motherfucking hoes. Okay? So let's get that out the way first and foremost. There is certain things that you should know how to do before you make a macaroni and cheese. If you are still making macaroni and cheese using craft and using that powder and shit, that's cool. You're six. I understand. If you are using it with the deluxe style, so you have the cheese sauce in it, that's cool. You're clearly 12. I'm cool with that too. I'm going to teach you how to Dougie. Okay, I'm going to teach you the real shit. First thing first, you need a half a stick of butter. Jay, shut the fuck up. You need a half a stick of butter, a a saucepan, two to three tablespoons of flour. It depends on how many types of cheeses you want. Me personally, I use seven. Um, Basil. Elbow macaroni, preferably jumbo elbow macaroni. If you get the smaller ones, that's fine. It's going to give you more in the serving, but you want to have the big ones because that gets the flavor not only on top, but it also seeps up in that motherfucker. Have you ever had your motherfucker just hump like that? You just hump that motherfucker. The flavor gets all through that bitch. Um, I said basil, salt, pepper, uh, half and half or milk. Um, yeah. That about sums it up. You don't need eggs. Check this out. So what you do is you turn on the saucepan and you put the half stick of butter into the saucepan until it bubbles up. It melts and it starts to foam a little bit. You let the foam subside. And when it starts to subside, you will gently shake the uh, flour into the butter. 
once the flour hits the butter, you need to have a spatula in your hand at that point in time. Now, whether it's one of those rubber spatulas or it's one of those spatulas with the holes in it, it doesn't matter. It just has to be a spatula. You put that into the pot and you begin stirring the flour into the butter. You want to do that as quickly as possible because you need the flour to keep moving so then it doesn't burn. Yes, Jay. I always use a whisk for this. I don't use a whisk. And I think it's because my uh, saucepans are uh, nonstick and Nisha will whoop my ass. And oh, okay. I don't have a, I don't have a. Uh, uh, like the um, copper bottom saucepans. Yeah. And I yeah. don't have okay. a plastic wick. So I just use a spatula and just go around and, and it oh, works out. Yeah, Either way it'll work out. Whisk. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I feel you. Um, cool, cool, cool. So you mix the flour until it is completely integrated into the butter. Uh, there shouldn't be any lumps. There shouldn't be any trace of any dryness in there. It should still be a liquid flour. Um, once you have that done, before you put the milk into the flour, what I will recommend to you, and this is coming directly from Consistently Good, what I recommend before you put the milk into the flour is that you take two tablespoons of basil and you shake that over the mixture and then you stir it one more time. That way the basil is completely integrated into the flour, which will then be completely integrated into the cheese sauce that you're about to create. You don't wanna do it at the end because it may not fully combine into the rest of the flavors. Once you have the basil into the, uh, the flour and butter mixture, then you take half a cup of milk. Me personally, I would use more because I'm making bigger pans. But if you're making something that's going to serve four people, you will take a half cup of milk and you will pour that into the pan. Once you pour the milk into the pan, begin stirring again. As the milk starts to warm up, the flour liquid that is in there will start to uh, not solidify the milk, but it will make it a bit firmer. You don't want it to be so firm that it can stand up. You don't want it to be so firm that it turns into sludge. You just want it to be there. So when you stir it so well that there's no longer any more of that flour mixture, it is completely integrated into the milk. You let it sit on the stove for about two minutes, stirring occasionally. Uh, once the milk starts to butter or bubble a little bit, just a little bit of a simmer, you know you're good. The next step, depending on what you're doing with your macaroni and cheese, may either be you go directly to putting the cheese into it, or if you want to be like me, let me explain when I say want to be like me. Sometimes when you have other things that are going on with your macaroni and cheese, like if you're making a seafood macaroni and cheese, you want to add other flavors that are going to help uh, the seafood to shine. So if I make a lobster macaroni and cheese, I will take diced up uh, red bell peppers and I will put it into this milk and let it simmer in the milk. So then that flavor gets throughout. Um, it really adds a unique, just a wonderful, wonderful, mild flavor that it's just, it sings to you. Um, once you have, whether you put the uh, red bell peppers in or not, once the milk has begun to bubble up a bit, that's when you start adding the cheese. Now, most folks will say that the base level cheese that you have to have in any macaroni and cheese is cheddar cheese. 
Whether it is a sharp cheddar cheese or a mild cheddar cheese, it doesn't matter because they're fucking wrong. What you actually need is Colby Jack. If you have a Colby Jack cheese, that is where you should be setting this off with. I use two heaping handfuls. We're not talking cups here. We are talking handfuls. Put your hand into the bag. Please buy shredded cheese. Don't make things harder for yourself. No, the reason why I say this is because I go to a restaurant a restaurant store where they sell cheese already shredded in huge bags because... There's, I mean, yes, but you need to make sure that they don't... So, like, the problem is that if you use, like... Uh, like the normal bags, the normal bags you get at a grocery store, they put powder in it. It's like yeah. an anticoagulant. And so like, that's why I was like, like, I guess that's why my eyes got all big. So I was like, wait, no, no. No, no, no. Like, the uh, you, cheese that I get is restaurant style. Restaurant and, grade. Yeah. yeah, it's restaurant grade and it's completely graded up. So if you have a restaurant, uh, a restaurant depot or a store that is restaurant depot type anywhere near you, I would say get your cheese from there regardless because yeah. it's just easier and it's better cheese. You can also like, uh, I mean, it depends on how like, and I'm going to I don't mean this the way I say it, but I mean it sort of like, it depends on how white woman you are. Cause you can go to your grocery store and buy like a, a block of cheese and be like, yo, I want this shredded, shred this up for me and give it to me in a bag. I did not like, do that. <laughs> yeah. They have, they have, they have I a did, thing that they, they will slice. Yeah. They, they can slice and shred. You can do that with bread as well. It just depends on how like how white person do you want to be. Like you have to basically be like, hey, and and they're gonna be they're gonna be mad about it. By the way, they're not gonna they're not gonna enjoy it. And, it, and <laughs> one if someone, day I'm gonna ask you how you found this out, but give me my 15 minutes because I saw someone do it. I saw an old white lady do it. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> so if you get your white woman on, more power to you. You'll reach that next level of ascension or the next level of don't let me catch you in the parking lot. It's completely. <laughs> So you put the Colby Jack in and you start in so then it starts to melt and you want that to be fully integrated. You're going to keep hearing the words integrated in this statement. You want to actually fold the cheese into this milk uh, mixture that is here. Once you have folded this cheese into the mixture, then you can go fucking berserk. As long as you have the Colby Jack in there, you can do whatever you want. I've used for my lobster macaroni and cheese, I've used Asiago cheese on top of the Colby Jack. I have used Munster cheese on top of the Colby Jack. I always end off with Brie. That is the two cheeses that you need to use are Colby Jack and brie cheese. The reason why you use brie cheese is because it is so fucking creamy that when you add brie cheese to a macaroni and cheese, it immediately becomes five times more than what it was before. Once you get that brie cheese in there and it is fully melted down and you stir it up, taste the motherfucking cheese. Taste your cheese mixture, people. Don't just assume that there is salt in the cheese. Don't just assume that there are seasoning in the cheese. Oh, and while all this is going on, you should have a pot of uh, boiling water that you've already put salt into. You put salt into the boiling water. So then while the uh, macaroni that you put in there is boiling, it's boiling in salt water. So it is getting some of that salt into it. That's still not fucking enough. Season your goddamn cheese, people. Don't add a lot of salt because that'll make your stuff start to break up, but definitely add pepper. 
Um, I use salt, pepper, garlic powder, and some other things that I'm not going to tell you all about. No, I'm kidding. It's really just salt, pepper, and garlic powder. SPG is how we do this. Um, stir that all in. Let it set. As it sets, it's going to continue to simmer and it's going to continue to set. Um, while that's happening, deal with your macaroni. When your macaroni gets done cooking, you should probably use, I use three cups of macaroni for a client. Um, so if you're not using that, then you should probably be using like one cup. And once that cup of macaroni gets done, take it out, put it into a strainer, immediately put cold water on that bitch. Like cold water all over it. The last thing you want is for your cold water. What's what's the deal with the cold water? If you don't use cold water, as soon as you take it out and you pour it into that strainer, it's going to keep cooking. And the last thing you want for it to happen is for your noodles to cook and stick together. You don't want them to cook and get hard. You don't want them to cook and change color. There are a million different bad things that can happen if you don't put that cold water on there, but there's no bad things that can happen if you do put that cold water on. Yeah. Plus like you're, you're going to, well, I don't want to jump the gun, but it's going into the oven soon. And if it cooks too much, it'll get mushy by the time it actually finishes cooking in the oven. Mm-hmm. And then you'll just have like, I don't know if you ever had like macaroni and cheese with a, the noodles were just like pure mush. It's but horrible. It's, it is not a good time. I mean, if you want I mean, that, okay. I can make you cauliflower macaroni and cheese. I mean, it's and... still okay, but, <laughs> but it's, it's not macaroni and cheese. <laughs> so after your macaroni is done and it's rinsed and everything, pour it back into the pot that you had it in uh, and then take your cheese and pour that over the macaroni. Mix the cheese into the macaroni. The reason why you're doing this is so that once you get it fully incorporated and you know every single noodle has cheese sauce on it, you can also take another fork, not the one you're fucking using, people. Always have a secondary fork. Take a piece of the macaroni and cheese out of the pan using the spatula. Stab it off the spatula using the fork. Put it in your mouth. That way you can taste the flavors of the macaroni and cheese and make sure it's to your liking. You should be able to taste the basil. You should be able to taste the salt, pepper, and garlic. And if you put the bell peppers into it, you should be able to taste that as well. It should still be a pretty mild flavor as far as the bell peppers go. Put all that into a baking pan. Set your oven at 300 and 350. Yeah, 350. Put cheese on top of it. Some people say put foil on top of your uh, on top of your your macaroni and cheese once you put it in the oven. I say fuck that. Your macaroni is already fully cooked. Your cheese is already fully prepped. All you're really doing is letting everything settle and lock. And by putting it in the oven, you are really completing the circle of life for this motherfucker. Sprinkle cheese on top of it. Colby Jack. The reason why you sprinkle cheese on top of it is so that you can have that layer on top of just this melty, wonderful goodness. Put it into the oven. Tell Alexa to set a timer for 40 minutes. Once 40 minutes passes, take it out. If you're feeling froggish, stir the cheese into the macaroni that was on top of the macaroni cheese, stir it in, and then put more cheese on top Turn off the oven and put that motherfucker back into the oven with the oven off, but the heat's still there and leave it in there for another 10 minutes. Take it out. Serve immediately to yourself. 
and then serve the rest of the family. It is important that you serve yourself before you serve the rest of your family. Otherwise, you're going to end up mad. This macaroni and cheese should be incredible. Serve with French bread with butter. And you can have this with barbecue. You can have this with like steak. Carbs, dog. You can literally French have this with <laughs> Yo, anything. He said French bread. I was like, whoa. That's a, that's a lot of carbs, bro. <laughs> The reason why I say with the reason why I say uh, French bread is because when I do my crab and shrimp macaroni and cheese, I do that with French bread on the so side. It's like an entire carbs. meal. That's a lot of carbs. It that's, is. Yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, I that's like being like macaroni and cheese with 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 potatoes. And yeah. I mean, <laughs> I've had macaroni and cheese with mashed potatoes. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. I do. I need to. I need to. Uh, I have a question that that is directly from. Uh, my dead grandmother uh, and her recipe. Um, why did you replace paprika with basil? Because I don't really use paprika on that. I don't. Okay. I, 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 I've only, never really thought about it. Everybody use paprika on everything because don't nobody know what paprika is for. Well, I use it for, it's my for macaroni and cheese. I do use it in my macaroni. I use it for my macaroni and cheese. And though I will say this, I like the idea of basil because it is a different flavor. Uh, and I mean, whatever I'm, cheese I'm, sauce, like spice wise, is, is going to like permeate. So I mean, that's dope. And and I think like with the addition of lobster, that's super dope. I just, yeah, just if you're like, going to do it with lobster, one thing I will say is when you're making your initial. Uh, when you're first doing the flour and the butter, if you're doing lobster macaroni and cheese, what I will say is put a fourth of a cup of white wine, white cooking wine in after the uh, butter and flour have been combined and just mix mm -hmm. that into it as well. Um, the white wine will make a just robust flavor. It is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that sounds awesome. Uh, what, what was that? one other question? Oh, and by the way, uh, Jay. Uh, oh, breadcrumbs. What what's your that? yeah? I don't use breadcrumbs. I'm not a white person. Well, I was so, gonna say, what's your stance on breadcrumbs? I don't either, but I'm just curious. I know some people who are into it, and I'm, I'm I, not. I feel but... like it's a fake ass way to make your shit like get that crispy layer on top. And I, I, I but can't. a lot of times one it's never crispy. It. Still, no, it's, no, it's uh, not. don't. It's a waste. I've seen somebody put crackers on top of theirs. I've seen somebody use actual breadcrumbs. I'm cool. I'm cool. I've seen, I've like seen, actual bread. <laughs> what are I've, actual bread? I've seen them. Like the panko, like the, the panko Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. But I've yeah, seen, seen a motherfucker use cornflakes. <laughs> ground, ground up, ground up cornflakes as well. Like, make it better. <laughs> so like, he, he chewed them up first. Fuck him. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what the fuck? What the fuck, Bellamy? Personally, personally, I've never made it. I've never made from scratch. Um, mostly because I have certain family members that that's kind of their specialty and they kind of battle each other and I mm -hmm. don't want to get involved. So you I, know what? I will say this. Uh, I have, I've made macaroni and cheese and failed at it uh, uh, a couple of times. I've made it and done it really well, but one of the worst failings I've ever had at it, I thought I could incorporate Velveeta. And I, and I think what happened is, no, hear me out. I think what happened is this. I made that rotel dip you know like that you mm, make with yeah. velveta and beef yeah. and i ate that and i was like oh this is dope and i was like you know what i should use velveta and macaroni and cheese and then i started using i tried to make macaroni and cheese with velveta and the flavor of velveta and the texture of velveta is so wild 
and it's so unnatural that you cannot like it came out like like I mean like it came out like you know it, when you saw it, it was like oh my god that that macaroni and cheese looks amazing look how creamy it is and then as soon as you ate it it was like and it, yeah, it was just disgusting if you if you like cook Velveeta too long it kind of gets gritty not gritty it's, but it kind of has like a it just it just tasted bad it like Velveeta's flavor is not is not like. I feel like it's not meant for make, wide application. I feel like if you try and use Velveeta, I don't understand how the fuck it works in the deluxe sauce packet thing that they have. But I feel like if you try and use Velveeta for macaroni and cheese, your grandmother's going to come out of your pantry and just punch you in the stomach. I mean, I deserve it. Like there's <laughs> like there's a certain tried and true method to macaroni and cheese. We can all agree on like we can argue a million different things about food. But we do yeah. all agree that you have to use either the big block of cheese that you shred up, or you can white person it and get them to shred it up for you, or you use shredded cheese to, and not like you said that shit they have in the stores. But yeah, I, I would say just avoid any any name. Well, anything that's like crap, in those, don't use like yeah any name I would brand say, shit. That, use the fucking stores brand because you know that they have niggas in the no deli those section. have it too like. You can flip over the. Uh, you can fl- just look at the bag. They they actually say on the bag if they use uh, a specific powder. I don't know the name of it. But they'll say as a non sticking agent. <clears throat> yeah, some bullshit. But it, it's it as a non sticking agent. If it's in that, then you can't use it mm-hmm. because essentially what'll happen is that when you try to make it, uh, your cheese sauce won't combine because it has an anticoagulant in it. Yeah, it'll separate. So it just it won't coagulate and come together, and it'll just stay separated. It, and I've had that happen to me as well, by the way. And I was furious about it because it ruined uh, a shit ton of cheese sauce that I had to like then throw out. You know, the angry. one thing that I fucked up on was uh, making a nacho cheese sauce. Like I really tried to make that for the kids, and it turned out like really queso gritty. Sauce? And now because I used a store uh, a store bought cheese. So I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're talking about. It just it did not work, and I was so bummed out. Oh um, man! And it's so much cheese to have to throw away, and it's like right? ah, it's it still like, tastes good. It's just it. disgusting to put in my mouth. It's like, oh, <laughs> it's cheese, but it's not. It's this not, is, and I won't acknowledge it. It tastes like it tastes like something that vegans would eat. Oh, like as far as the texture and the, the <laughs> yeah. quality. Yeah, that's accurate though. It's, it's and I'm no no offense to vegans. No, I, not at all. I, I, I've no, eaten I know vegan, a vegan cheese chef. before just to know what the fuck it tastes like. No, no I know a vegan chef who, vegans, who would I absolutely want, disagree with this. Smoke. I want all the smoke. Fuck vegans. Get no, I, I know. No, no, I don't nope. know. No, I am I know friends vegans. with a vegan chef, and I will say this: uh, I'm friends with a couple of vegan chefs. Actually, I will say this: um, I think, and I I will also say this, I will send you a recipe, uh, Derek, for a vegan cheese sauce. That once you've made, oh no, it, I can't do it because they all have nuts in them. That's no, the one problem. One does not, because this triple one, is allergic this one to does nuts. Not, this one doesn't have nuts in it. I'm 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 100 certain that this this cheese sauce does have does not have nuts in it. I'll send it to you once you make it. I guarantee you, you'll be like, yo, this is this is actually not that bad. It's somebody it's, it's else good. sent it's me good. a uh, a somebody sent me some avocado oil with weed in it with CDC or THC yeah, yeah. something in it and i'm scared to use it but that is our um that is our how-to uh episode fellas (laughs) how do you feel about this (laughs) i found it you know what i found it more interesting than i thought it was than i thought i was going to find it 
So did and I. I. And I still, I still have questions that, like, you know, for the for, for Jay, there's a lot of stuff that he kind of talked, and he didn't really get to finish <laughs> so because he talks yeah. too much. But like, damn it. There's pieces of that that I'm still interested in trying to figure out, like how do you know, like we got how to how to get everything together, but like the conversation about how do you put, uh, how do you put your content together, and like how do you take these uh, these basically these snippets of your show because you don't typically have shows that long, and you you form that to make a long form show. Um, yeah. and then like, like that, that is super interesting to me. Like you have to, you have to do a lot to try to figure out oh, it's a lot of work. <laughs> where to, you know, like it's a, it's a puzzle and you have to figure out where the pieces fit. I, I find that to be like super interesting. Um, and then like once the, once the show's recorded, like, how do you like, you know, how do you go through like the editing process? Because you know, there has to be, yeah, I didn't get to get you had to be there. So you, you know, you talk about the sound engineer, but like, yeah, there has to be some leveling and shit after the fact and all of that kind of stuff. Like that's the stuff you didn't get. To, you didn't get. I didn't get to. to. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, some of that is. Uh, so I had a sound engineer. I don't anymore, unfortunately. But I had a sound engineer who was going to do all that for me. So some of that I actually have to just explore because I'm I'm trying to you know run it back. I just got to find a new venue. So I'm I'm back at kind of like square one, but I'm trying to run back and do this again because I have I still have all the material with like some new shit. That I'd be willing to like, you know, fold in and kind of hopefully add a little bit more perspective. But yeah, like the biggest thing that I would say if if about all of this is the the easiest the best thing I can say about all this is you you have to partner with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um and I would tell you to find people who are going to like really work with you. And even like with the sound engineer, the thing that worked out best for this is that this was just someone who was like, you know what? I would love to recapture a live event like this just for the experience. And, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff in the studio and, you know, I have a band, but I need to learn how to capture from my band. I want to do that for you. And it was like, I do it for free. I'll level everything for, for free. So I was like, dope. <laughs> and if you can find people who are willing to just kind of work with you, uh, who are good at what they're doing, it, like it levels the playing field for you because like ultimately the biggest problem that I think I was really running into with this was the stress of trying to like develop all this material and still be an active comedian and then also lock down all these different details because <clears throat> I don't have a manager I don't have an agent I, you know this is all just stuff I'm running down I'm producing all of this so I would tell you the more more people you can bring in who are talented who know what they're doing that you can trust to just like take care of shit for you the easier your life will be as you start to work through that because ultimately you are just running a production company so yeah your help is what you need for that and and to your answer your point uh for leveling and mixing i am gonna have to like pay someone to do it now because my sound engineer is in philly now so maybe i'll maybe he'll do it from philly but Long story short, I essentially gonna have to pay someone to come level and mix it for me, and I'm probably gonna be out like, well, I don't want to talk about how much it's gonna cost, but I'm, I'm gonna lose money on this. Uh, so hooray! So um, that's a yes from Scar to do it again. Well, now that you got the question answered, do you want to do it again, Scar? I wouldn't mind doing it again and talking about something that. In in my in my case, I talked about what was what was most important to me, mm-hmm. but I think I probably should try to find something that would mean something to someone else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, you know, like 
like like your macaroni and cheese. Like there's a lot of people who probably don't make macaroni and cheese like you, and now they're gonna try it. There's not gonna be a whole lot of people that's gonna pick up trying to make a motherfucking candle. You don't want to bet that. Um, yeah, you don't know that. And but you don't like, know that at all. Time to change, fam. But I could. But I mean, I in in talking about it, I could spark somebody to go try one of the candles and go, oh, that's what yeah. he's talking about, like that type of thing. But like, no, I, I, you know, like the stuff that I'm that that I would be way too interested to talk about are not, you know, I would like to do it again, but not necessarily go for something in my comfort zone go for something that I just learned how to do and like, and how to explain my process of how I figured out how to do this thing. That's what like, you mean. To, to try picking up something new and explaining that. Mm-hmm. I think that would, that would be, that would be very interesting for me to do. So the customer service episode, <laughs> basically. basically. Jay, would you like to do it again? Uh, Yeah, me so too. I, I mean, like I didn't dislike the episode, and I I liked learning things, but eh, I mean, like sh- sure, if we're all gonna do it again, I wouldn't be like the reason we wouldn't do it again. But if if it, if it were like, like if I'm the deciding vote, I'm not gonna say no to it. But if I'm not the deciding vote, I'm gonna I'm gonna say no to it. Does that, well, you're does that not the deciding it's, vote. I am, and I'm cool, saying man. no. I'm saying okay, cool. no straight out. And here's the reason why I'm saying no. <laughs> While I learned some things and, and it was dope, I felt like it was each of us taking a turn to explain something or express something. Um, I didn't feel like it was a fully, it was a fully fleshed show for each of us separately, but we but, didn't really get to interact. And I'm looking yeah. for more interaction. Um, well, I wanted more interaction, uh, but you know, a couple people muted and I, I think like and, and that's uh, for each person talking we're all kind of be respectful and yeah <coughs> i don't know maybe we should have done a better job of welcoming questions i don't know well we did welcome I mean, questions if we and did i mean again, you broke into mine like three times with questions so it wasn't that sort of see, thing I, I wanted that for mine yeah. <laughs> that's some I, of the some of the things that i had questions about yours jay i you answered those so i was like well there goes my question <laughs> exactly happened, happened like four times and i think it's because we're these are things that we're well versed at so we are able to answer all the questions just in doing it but i just didn't like it i completely understand why if we don't do this again i understand why mm-hmm. um and so, like, if we're if we're gonna rank this, I mean, we've only done two shows. Um, this so will be number this, two. <laughs> this will be on the bottom, um, and it might stay on the bottom. So, well, that's why we leave it well, up it to might. the audience. We're going are, to put it out there we? for them. Well, we no, we're going to ask them what they think because we okay. do we do a poll. Uh, Change our we, minds when we ask them what they think of each episode and 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 if they think it's something we should come back to. Uh, for the last episode, the debate episode, um, we did ask them what their thoughts were on uh, the, the the Golden Era music sampling. First of all, I want to say that um, we need to get more votes, people, because this shit, um, two people voting, that ain't shit. Um, and one of them was Nikki, uh, who told me straight out from the gate that she was going to vote for Scar because Scar's a Virgo. She said, before I even <laughs> listened to it, I'm voting for Scar because he's a Virgo. 
So she immediately got disqualified. <laughs> oh my god, that's the best. <laughs> I am completely biased. <laughs> vote. Let me vote. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very Just much. Just so you and know. Congratulations, congratulations on your son. Levi. Other person. Absolutely beautiful. Yes. Congratulations to you and Francis. <laughs> and to Padawan. But god damn. Come on. Like I am coming <laughs> to wreck this vote. <laughs> I tried I like not to she's... vote because I was so hot. Well, no, about... neither none of us could have voted on it. Um, I, I but voted. It was but... it was completely fifty fifty. Honestly, with Nikki voting, uh, one person voted for you, one person voted for me. I I abstained from voting, obviously. And uh, the two people who voted also said they enjoyed it enough for us to do it again. So okay, there we go. Debate, debate, mass debaters. <laughs> So we won't do it again for a while, but it's it's on the docket. Um, man, yeah, man, man. yeah. So man. you know, how to shows? I, yeah, yeah I, who would have thought? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I didn't I enjoy just, it as much as I, I thought I would. I, I think I, I want visuals. I absolutely, yeah. did. I'm sorry, I did. I, I, I guess but I'm sorry. It feels like a show. You no 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 shade, no cap. This feels like a show that you would have enjoyed, like the same way that oh, the, yeah. the music sampling show felt like a show that you would have enjoyed. This seems like it's in your wheelhouse. Yeah, because I because I watch YouTube more than anything else, and mm-hmm. a lot of it is how to do shit. <laughs> like this is right I don't up. I don't look for I don't look for how to do videos on YouTube until it's an emergency when it's like oh shit I need to change the brakes in the car. <laughs> Yeah, like it's, no, it's an emergency. Like, oh shit, my my apartment's flooded. How do I swim? Like, I just I look for it. Then. How do I avoid Godzilla? You know, I watched I watched a video. I watched a video the other day of how to build a smokeless fire pit, and I have no aspirations of building a fire pit. I barely fucking go no, outside. Like, like I barely fucking go outside. I'm not gonna sit by a fucking fire pit. But I watched the fuck out of that video. It was like I, an hour. Am I the only one? Because I don't use my um my default search engine is Bing. Like it opens up the Bing on my computer because I have a Windows computer. So um Why am I the only Bing one who gets mad when I search for something and it pops up with a fucking Bing video or or Vimeo or anything outside of YouTube? I yes. use no because okay. I use Google. I use Chrome. So <laughs> <laughs> like that's for that reason actually because <laughs> it's fuck, annoying. Fucking being as a staff record label and a motherfucking crew. I have no idea. You know what though? As an Xbox, if you use Xbox, if you play, uh, if you utilize the Xbox or if you play any PC games, I would say use Bing. Uh, yeah, someone told they do someone have something where you can sign in and you get points for every time you search. And you can use those points to buy gift cards for Xbox for the Microsoft Store. It feels like a scam. Like it's I gotta, not. I've used it to buy the boys like, like years of Xbox Live. Do I have to like buy some stamps and then hold on to them for I, a couple of years and then paid, trade them off for more money? Like how, this feels scamish. I pay. For, I, I pay for Ultimate every every <laughs> month, so I never think about it. Yeah, exactly. I, this just feels like a scam. I no thank you. But 
uh, to all of our listeners, you can leave a review for us. Go to Pod uh, Chaser. Pod Chaser? Yes, go to podchaser.com um, and type in single serving show. Um, you can either review the show as a whole. Or you can re- you can review separate episodes. Um, you can leave us a email at buti podcast. That's the booty podcast uh, at gmail.com. Still, still that. Still, huh? I haven't I haven't okay. switched it. I'm not going to switch it. <laughs> I'm not. It is what it is. We we tried it for an episode. <laughs> um, the voicemail number is 916-633-1537. Um, and on Twitter, we are a single serving P. Uh, Jay is on Twitter at adjective underscore J. Um, Scar is on Twitter at Scarfinger. And I'm on Twitter at Rashani. Um, yeah. Y'all got anything else? No, Jay, you got anything coming up? I'm about to share one of your mom's posts. Uh, real quick. Don't be scared. Don't, actually, don't, don't, you know what? Share wait, one of my this, mom's posts. When is this she, dropping? She's a business owner. I don't give a fuck. When is, when is this dropping? Uh, today. Oh, yeah. So I'm on, uh, Dat Fan and Friends on Friday. Um, so I'm, I think I'm doing like a set there. I'm, uh, doing... A, that's on Zoom, by the way. Um, I'll post a link to at jjonescomedy.com. That's J as in the first, as in the letter. Jones is in my last name and comedy as in what I do. Yeah. Uh, and then on the 29th, I have a show. Can't remember what it is, but oh, nope. I'm hosting a show on Zoom as well on the 29th. And then I'm doing another Zoom show on June 4th. So a lot of June, a lot of Zoom shows. Uh, then I got a live show. No, wait. It's on, it's on the 5th. Thank you. Zoom shows on the fifth, live show on the fourth. My bad. How wait? How do you know when my show is? I just Are pulled you, up the website. Oh, okay. Oh. It's like what the fuck? <laughs> what? How do you know where I'm gonna be? <laughs> the the live show is on the fourth in Tacoma uh, at Alma Mater. So, Ew, that's the fifth. Damn it! The live show is to come on the. F- I thought it was on the fifth. The, li- the you're correct. The live show is to come on the fifth. At Alma Mater, the Zoom show is on the fourth. Uh, that I will have a link posted on my site. But here's a here's a here's a uh, hint for each of y'all. Or here's a pro tip: the show that's in Tacoma, try and watch it on Zoom. It's not going to be on Zoom. It's live. Stay away from Tacoma, people. There are zombies <laughs> in Tacoma. <laughs> Tacoma's gone. Show up for me and then immediately leave because that's what I'm gonna do. If he's that's there what until I'm it gonna gets do. dark, if he's there until it gets dark, just sleep in the fucking club. It, it's actually from five thirty to seven, so it'll still be bright. It'll still have some sunshine. Hmm. We're down near around the docks. Hmm. You'll you'll get right up at the edge of the Tacoma aroma. Oof. You'll get a little bit of it. You get a little bit because it's not it's not all the way fully in Tacoma. I don't. Mm. I really. I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna diss Tacoma on it. I am. I used to live there. I, I mean, I, I don't fully go into. Like, I have a problem fully going into Tacoma to perform, and I haven't. I really don't like to do it. But like, this is a different time. We're in a pandemic. Different times. <laughs> We're in a pandemic, and I, I, I gotta perform. I, I got, I gotta get back out there. So we in a full on pandemonium. So Tacoma's getting a service from me that it would never have gotten before. The reach around. <laughs> <laughs> While I'm driving out. <laughs> Hope I made you bitches laugh. <laughs>
you gotta do some more stuff with your uh with your youtube page man i truly do uh i honestly i was i had a whole vision and plan for it and i just gave up like like I, I have like I have a 4K camera and all this stuff to like record like legit. I was like I'm gonna, I'm doing sketches, motherfucker, and then like <laughs> I just never the pandemic hit and I was like I don't want to do one man sketches. What kind of bullshit is that? And then I just I just I like I just never did anything else. Mm-hmm. I actually am kind of bummed about it. I, I guess now I can start back on that. I had a bunch of shit written and then I was like this all requires more than one person in multiple locations, mm-hmm. and that's just not a thing you can do while people are dying from COVID. Well, you could do it. It wouldn't be nice. Irrespons- <laughs> yeah, responsibly. <laughs> I guess that's what you do responsibly, I guess. Correct. You're correct. That nigga's coughing. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I just want to say for those of y'all who aren't yet, I am vaccine bougie. Um, I- <laughs> <laughs> niggas, I'm so sincere. Like, folks walk up to me. And I'm like, it's okay. I got the vaccine. I know. <laughs> I'm vaccinated, look, baby. Look, they're starting to lift the they're starting to lift the mask restrictions around here. Oh and no, I, I went vaccinated. To, I went to. I've been to, I've been vaccinated since last month. No, no um, I'm saying I'm not that vaccinated. I'm not taking the mask off. Oh I no, to... <laughs> I was out. I, I had to go pick up some medicine, and like the lady at the pharmacy seemed like she was new. So I'm like, as so I had to pull the mask down, like, look, lady. <laughs> this is my information. I was like, "Don't worry, I'm vaccinated. I'm just wearing this because I don't trust the rest of y'all." But like, I need to tell you this in a way that you can hear it, not through this fucking mask. Yeah, yeah, boy, and fuck y'all niggas who pull your mask down so you can hear an answer to a question. What? <laughs> so what you got coming up? <laughs> No, really, Scar. What you got coming up? Um, nothing new for me. Just um, just doing doing shows mostly. Um, like I I I talk to you after, ever since I moved. I talk to you way more than I ever thought that I would talk to another human being that I just talked to on the internet. Um, and um, you know, sometimes it feels cute. Other times it feels like, why can't I get rid of like this hell? Fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I can't quit you, dog. Um, but, I can't. <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> but like, if you if you want to know a little bit more about the the the, the candle stuff, I I you know I, you can find me at all of the places. And but uh, the best the best places on my Facebook page is Peace Through Colors Arts and Crafts. And um, yeah, you can find all of the links to everything, including the YouTube videos where I talk about some of this stuff, but not all in one place. Um, but yeah, do that. I, yeah. I need to get back to recording also. I, I kind of feel like Jay when it comes to that. It's like, I, I have everything here. And then it's just like, well, shit. <laughs> or should I just knock these fucking candles out? Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So thank y'all so much for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we'll holler at y'all later. Y'all be good. Peace. Peace out. Peace. Single simulcast. Don't know by now that you slipped.